Hi, everyone. This is Drs. Kimball and Kimball with Vagina Talk, our new and wonderful podcast where we kind of touch upon some of these unspoken taboo topics that we want to bring to light. We have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Gabriella Espinoza. She's originally from overseas, moved back to Austin, Texas. She's an embodiment coach and a menopause mentor. We are super thrilled to have her on our podcast today. Hey, Gabriella, thank you for joining us today on our podcast, Vagina Talk. We are super excited to have you with us. Um, Tell us a little bit about kind of what you do as an embodiment coach and menopause mentor. Excellent. Yes. First of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love what you're doing to open up these conversations around the unspoken topics that are so important to women. So I am the founder of Women's Body Wisdom, an embodied female pleasure coach and a menopause mentor. I have over 20 years experience in yoga and somatic movement in the wellness space as a writer, as a nutritional therapist. And I've been internationally with in one-to-one and in group settings um, to reconnect to the innate wisdom of their bodies and further pleasure, power, purpose, and midlife. So I use tried and tested embodiment practices backed by neuroscience and positive psychology to guide women to come home to their bodies so that you release what's holding you back from expressing your heart's deepest desire as a a sensually and sexually confident woman. I think that's wonderful. I think as a woman, when you kind of enter into that beginning perimenopausal phase, it is entirely frightening. I mean, no one prepares you for there's no manual your parents are long past teaching you about anything you're kind of on your own so it's really we we find it very refreshing that we have somebody like you that has the ability then to reconnect allow women to reconnect with themselves yeah well a lot of my a lot of the work that I do guide women in is really also based on my own experience journeying 55 years old and and post-menopausal five years. So I was journeying through the traditional path of womanhood, being all the things that were I've expected to, of me, you know, being the, the perfect mom, the dutiful wife, trying to run a business, pleasing, saying yes when I really meant no. And that, that meant that I began to push down and ignore my own needs and desires and, and turned away from the things that gave me pleasure as I, when menopause came along and I noticed my body starting to change, my, you know, as the sensual and sexual being I once knew and pleasure just felt frivolous, superficial. I felt it didn't matter. I felt my pleasure didn't matter. So I just was ready to just, you know, do away with it, say that it's not for me. And um, I know I talked to so many women who say, yeah, you know, they, they move into menopause and they say, yeah, pleasure and sex is no longer for me I I that's that's you know that was I it was all it only served me good to to procreate and that's I think sad right because we have so much capacity in our postmenopausal years to experience so much pleasure both of the sensual kind and the sexual kind if you do want to choose to go um to experience sexual sexual pleasure, but there's so many different kinds of pleasure we can experience on the other side. 
It's true. And in today's world, uh, most women are going to spend more time in the postmenopausal state than they will have in the premenopausal state. So I think kind of giving them that guidance and that ability to reconnect and really enjoy all those many years in their postmenopausal state is fabulous. Yeah, I mean, more women are women are living longer, we're healthier, and our lifespan is a lot longer than what it used to be. So this is such an important time or stage in a woman's life. I think that we often have it focused on just through the years historically. So, um, and you're absolutely right. I think as females, it's very easy to grow up very focused on my life is going to climax to the time I go through these stages and it sort of just downslides instead of thinking as, of it as an up and up, yes. which I think is really just a great perspective. Yes. And, and as you mentioned, society does teach us that we don't see enough um, role models. We don't see that portrayed in the media and culture in general, but I feel the tide is turning and um, people like yourself, right, um, are coming out and, and, and speaking about these topics, addressing um, this demographic who has so much buying power, so much decision power, and so much, we have so much lived experience, so much wisdom. We bring other a sets of skills to the table. And I feel those are so valuable in this world. And I, I hope they, they, they are recognized um, by the work world, by, by society, by media, by culture. I, I, do, I do feel the tides are turning. So I'm happy to see that. What would you tell or what would you advise like a woman who sort of is not necessarily in menopause, but sort of starts to experience some of the changes in her everyday life, her experience, she starts to notice things, but she really hasn't said, hey, I need to see someone. What's the point where you think a woman, what would you say to her? Well, I have already started talking to my 19-year-old daughter about it, right? Um, Just developing body awareness, right? Because we are not, we are are conditioned to be um, productive um, in our mentally and we're, we're not really taught to look in really notice um, the changes going, notice the feelings experiencing. So I guess my, my, my one advice is really know your body, right? Know your body. There's so many amazing books out there. So many podcasts like this, um, your girlfriends about it I know just bring up the topic just bring up the topic of um, either what age you're going through whether it's perimenopause or menopause or you're still menstruating um, and just remove the shame and know your body that's that's the one thing that I advise everyone that I meet and it's really about education um, and then I, where I come in as a coach um, in this field of embodied female pleasure is getting women, um, uh, empowering them to feel them, to feel, right? To feel all the different aspects of themselves, right? Exploring um, their physical as well as mental and um, emotional Men, nervous system um, aspect. So 
really exploring all the different aspects that makes them uniquely them and just really noticing what's what's going on at, at those at those different layers and um, starting to just peel away right the layers of potentially tension stress over productivity and um, experiencing you know how much your pleasure really matters i think again uh, as a society we are not um, told that it's okay to experience pleasure that our pleasure matters that that's a, a priority right so I, I through my work i really get women to feel and explore um, the treasure trove of, of pleasure that exists within them I think it's just a great way to put it. You said it so well, um, just taking pleasure and even extending it beyond our bodies, beyond the bedroom for it really to be comprehensive in all aspects of a woman's life, because it's so connected to all parts of our sensuality and our sexuality. And I think that's a really, really great start and a great way to kind of look at how do we even like reignite certain things within ourselves or reawaken things is really to start with even, like you said, you know, if you feel like you're overproductive, is that giving you pleasure? Perhaps not. So just not to limit one area or one compartment of our lives, which is so easy to get trapped into doing. It's almost as if you're giving yourself permission to say, yes, I have the right to have this pleasure. I have the right to feel, you know, awakened, energized, and to be the full woman that, you know, they have the capability of being. Right. So yeah. What are some, like, what would be like a first step? Someone like a very, like a first step a woman can start maybe like if she even started to say, how do I reconnect with myself? What's something that she could start with doing at home? Like something very simple as like, Oh yeah. There's so so many things. And as just sort of taking a little step back, I, I always start with um, just, I think it's always helpful to, uh, expand the concept of pleasure so often we we are we are we are led to believe that pleasure is only sexual or genital based um, but instead I find it's really helpful to expand that concept and I ask many of my clients what brings you joy what lights you up you know what what puts a spring in your in or a smile on your face um, and so Again, asking what makes you feel alive and vibrant, right? And um, many times women don't know how to answer that question, but this could be so simple. It could be playing with pets and nature, dancing, good food, right? It really doesn't matter. I think what really matters is bringing mindfulness to the things that bring us pleasure. So we consciously cultivate more of it. So you focus on the things that bring you joy and make those a priority. Enjoy them with full awareness. Notice. Notice what happens in your body when you savor good food, when you have a nourishing conversation with a friend, um, when, when you go, when you look at a sunset, all of these things helps us to, to orient towards feeling good. So it's, it's really a process of enrichment and turning up the awareness of, of beneficial experiences. And so I find the senses are a portal into experiencing more pleasure so focusing on smell taste touch sound visuals spending time engaging with your senses so um, I also find 
a good way to practice this is to write a, potentially a list of all the things that light you up or bring you and make sure you do one small thing every day. This helps to bring natural pleasure into your life as a state rather than another thing to be ticked off on, on a to-do list. Sure. That's great. Yeah. You're kind of creating the opposite effect of what it currently exists in their life. So I think you're spot on in that, Gabriella. I, it was beautifully stated. So, you know, I think it's other than you, are there other, do you know, of other life coaches or embodiment coaches you know, because how can patients kind of reach out to you if they're like here in LA and you're in Austin? Oh, well, I do a lot of my work online. Most of my work now is online. So I do coaching online and a lot of the workshops that I offer are also online. What I find with this body of work, because we are dealing with the pleasure and, and that will, once you start exploring those sensations, the bodily sensations, the sensual or sensory um, sensations that it brings up, it can bring up, you know, some, some very tender feelings, some very vulnerable feelings, right? Because you, you begin to realize, gosh, I've been so disconnected from my pleasure. And maybe you, you, you realize the reasons why, right? It can bring up maybe some past experiences that were unpleasant. So what I find is so wonderful about working with clients from home is that they're, they're in the safety of their own home, right? Your, your nervous system is constantly looking for cues of being safe. And so when you're in your own home doing these practices that I teach um, in the safety of your own home, and often I, I give women permission to turn off the what they choose to do and to engage with the practices um, with the video off, or I give, the, give it to them as home, I call it home play instead of homework, and give it, give it to them, you know, have them, you know, explore on their own uh, at home and their own time, uh, and then come back in our coaching sessions to discuss what came up for them while they were doing some of the practices, what blocks did they face, what resistance um, and, and then we, we dive deeper in, into that from a more coaching perspective. So I find my work is so wonderful right now. Yeah, and I would imagine that that's probably what we would call in OBGYN the infancy stage of the beginning of the awareness and awakening, because it probably goes in multiple deeper layers that you coach your patients or your clients in. Gabriella, um, what say the difference between sort of um, you, a coach like you versus someone who would absolutely perhaps opt for, or when would you think there's a role for like a, psych, a psychotherapist, cognitive behavioral therapy for some of these sort of areas of perhaps locked, forgotten pain or trauma that needs would be released what's your yeah that's a, a great that's a wonderful question um, and thank you for asking so I am trauma informed so I am able to recognize um, when people are acted by trauma uh, but I am not 
I'm a therapist, so I am trained to recognize those signs. So I, when, when those signs do show up, um, either by clients reporting them or my, my actually being able to see it, um, I do, I absolutely do recommend trauma therapists. I find my body's of work is based on somatic experiencing. So somatic experiencing is, um, was developed by um, Peter Levine, who has developed, who is, you know, has developed this whole body of work around trauma. And it's, the difference is it's, it's not based on talking and diving deeply into your past experiences or your present experiences or your whatever you think is your future experience through, through talking. It's really about feeling, really about using your body to guide you into what is holding you back. So your body holds an incredible amount of intelligence. It holds so much um, emotions, sensations. So what my work does from a somatic perspective, which means a feeling, sensing, and deeply to what you're experiencing in your body so that you can notice those sensations or feelings. And I engage movement, some breath work, some visualization, and practices, they slowly allow you to sort of peel away the layers of contraction, of resistance, of holding, and really allow you to process sometimes those emotions through your body, right? Your body is processing them through movement, through breath, um, through some of the visualization that I offer. And then at the, at the end of a practice, you know, we, we do do some, some, some talk. So we do do some coaching. I ask very simple questions about, you know, what, um, you know, my client experiencing. Sometimes they have breakthroughs. Sometimes they feel they still feel frozen or numb. Um, and, and in which case, you know, if they feel that practices are activating any traumas, um, then I definitely recommend uh, trauma therapists, but mostly those based around this, this body of work called somatic experiencing. Or I, I also work with therapists who deal with this body of work called internal family systems, which is also a very powerful sort of more body-based therapeutic approach. I'm not sure if that answered your question. Yes, that was very good. It's really, it's really wonderful. It's kind of a really interesting and transformative way to look at some of these problems. Agreed. It's wonderful. So Gabriella, we are sadly quickly running out of time for the podcast, but we want to thank you tremendously for joining us. We will positively invite you back. This is a riveting topic, something that we want to continue to explore and bring to light for women in LA and Austin and across the world. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Gabriella. Yes, it's a pleasure speaking. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much for listening to Vagina Talk Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can find us on our web, www.kimballcenterforpelvicwellness.com. See you next time. Bye.